0: Hello and welcome to the Feeling Good Podcast. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and joining me here in the Murietta Studios is Dr. David Burns. Hi, David. Hi, Fabrice. Dr. David Burns has been a pioneer in the development of cognitive therapy, and he is the creator of the new team therapy. He is the author of Feeling Good, which has sold over 5 million copies in the United States and has been translated into over 20 languages. He is an Emeritus Adjunct Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Welcome to episode 105 of the Feeling Good podcast. And uh, we have another Ask David today, but this is going to be a very special Ask David. Uh, we are focusing on the five secrets of effective communication and on relationships, and uh david was really adamant about inviting our empathy superhero helen jenny <laughs> who's uh, joining us hi helen hello
1: good good morning
0: <laughs> uh-huh. um and uh, david and helen are in the Murieta studios today but i'm not i'm uh, doing this remotely um but uh, this is going to be this is going to be good. So uh, before we we move on to the the meat of the matter, I know that David, you wanted to make a couple of announcements.
2: Yes, and I'm I'm going to call this one Ask Helen, and we'll hopefully. Oh yeah, yeah. Two consecutive Ask Helens here, uh, because uh, Helen's uh, interpersonal skills are just and brain in general totally awesome. So you're really going to enjoy it. We're going to have fun fun today. We've got wonderful questions about relationship conflicts, Uh, but but there's two upcoming training workshops. Uh, One I'm going to be giving with Jill Levitt on October 28th and it's on team CBT methods for the treatment of relationship difficulty. So today we're working with listeners and your own personal issues but the workshop will be uh, training for therapists and when you have someone with a relationship problem how do you go about helping them and it will be a step by step training it'll be a full day workshop with continuing education credits and to to register you can call 650-353-6544 that's sunday october 28th, 2018 from 9 to 4 p.m. pacific time there's 6 continuing education credits and uh, it's going That'd be awesome. Uh, when I teach with Helen or when I teach with Jill, it's just like one plus one equals three. Uh, so that, that's going to be a great, a great day for you. And also, I have my uh, workshop, Rapid Recovery from Trauma, coming up twice in the Los Angeles area in October. And this is a two-day workshop, also with uh, many continuing education credits, Uh, And in October 4 and 5, uh, 2018, it'll be in Woodland Hills, California, and then again on November 1 and 2, 2018, in Pasadena, California, and the one in Pasadena will have live streaming so you can join from anywhere in, in the world or you can come to Pasadena in person. And for further information on the Rapid Recovery from Trauma Workshop, you can call 1-800-258-8411, that's 1-800-258-8411, or go to www.iahb.org. So, three upcoming workshops, uh, Sunday, October 28th, uh, How to Treat Patients with Relationship Difficulties, call 650-353-6544, or The two rapid recovery from trauma uh, workshops, uh, two-day programs each uh, in uh, Woodland Hills, California, or Pasadena, California, October 4-5 or November 1-2. Call 800-258-8411. And with no more throat clearing, let's dive into this uh, wonderful topic.
0: Well, before we do that, uh, I I think we can put in a little plug for Helen. Uh, Nope. People may. I thought you would
2: do that at the end when they see how awesome she is, but we'll do it right now. If you'd <laughs> like to contact Helen, give us uh, your contact information. If some of the listeners say, wow, I'd, I'd like to to ask Helen a question or get some consultation from Helen or treatment or whatever.
1: Okay. Um, you can email me at Helen at DrYenny.com. So that's H-E-L-E-N at dryeni.com You can also check out my website, www.dryeni.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and uh, speaking of the show notes, um, we, we made a, a call for volunteers uh, last time. To see if anyone would like to to help us index the uh, the podcast because we have uh, mm. over one hundred episodes now and it's uh, getting hard to find the, the topics and the episodes that uh, uh, that we want to listen to in in, uh, in the archive. Mm. And uh, I've been uh, amazed and overwhelmed with uh, with the response we've had. Uh, uh, over half a dozen people who right away um, answered the call to help us and and actually we we had somebody even write a program that uh, uh, indexed all the all the fields in there that were um, automatically discoverable so now we just need uh, people to help us with the the tags and the summaries so this is fantastic we 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 have uh, such great help there and so um, um, I'm very very grateful to our listeners and to the enthusiasm that uh, you generate David. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. The first, the first
2: question here is, uh, and thank you, everyone, for that nice response and all the support that you're, you're giving us in this indexing thing. It's going to make it so much easier for people to search. Uh, all we've had over a hundred feeling good podcasts now, and we're still just getting started. And we've got we're excited. We've got so much good stuff we want to share with you. So it'll be great to be able for you listeners, just to, or if you want to see externalization of voices, here's podcasts podcast where you can learn about that, or the downward arrow, or how to help, how to work with someone you're angry with, or, you know, wh- whatever. This email came from Mary, and uh, she had a great question. We've had tons of great questions. I have a question I'd love to hear addressed on the podcast. Uh, by the way, the one with Lee was fantastic. That was the live uh, therapy that I did with Jill and uh, Lee, who had a marital problem, uh, about uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Mary asks, is empathy fatigue possible? The answer to that is no. Uh, when I, I used to, when I was in private practice, I used to see 17 patients on Wednesday alone. Uh, one right after the next, I got higher and higher. Uh, there's no such thing as empathy fatigue. What you call empathy fatigue results from two things. One is communicating uh, poorly with the person you're interacting with so the situation doesn't move in an intimate loving direction. And the other is fr- from the way you're, you're thinking about uh, interacting with someone who's, who's upset. You may be having a lot of uh, distorted thoughts, but at any rate, the recovery from empathy fatigue is, is definitely, uh, definitely possible. Anyway, Mary says, my husband sometimes feels like a black hole of endless, complicated, miserable feelings that need to be explored. He complains of my lack of empathy. I can understand that. I'm about an inch deep. I'm working on improving my empathy. Your live sessions are very helpful. But being a naturally happy person, I find it exhausting to have to probe into his miseries all the time. Any tips? Well, I don't like to give tips on a general topic like that because all of the learning is in the specific example and then in the practice. So I I wrote back to Mary and said, can you give me, an example of what does your husband say and, and what do you say next? And the rest, all of you listeners who might want to write in for future uh, Ask Helen or Ask David episodes on relationship conflicts, it, it will be amazingly superior if you say, here's what the other person said and here's wh- wh- what I said next.
0: Well, and, and I would say not just for relationships, but a- any question uh, that our listeners send us, if, if they send a specific example, uh, that will um, give us a better chance of answering that question. If we get a general question, we might just uh, pass on it if we don't have a, a concrete example to, uh, to uh, talk about.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and by the way, I can say already this woman has a hidden should statement.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> first like he he
2: shouldn't be complaining, and he should listen to my logical explanations of, of things. At any rate, she wrote back, hi, David and Jill. Well, she was thinking this would be for our Sunday uh, live video broadcast, but this will say, hi, David and Helen. Yes. Uh, I didn't expect an answer so quickly. I have notes, but they aren't exact. I'll pay close attention and, and get some notes for you. Uh Of course, I'm sure one exchange will reveal how badly I'm communicating and my ego must die, how awful, but so important I'll be honest and work at it. Usually he says something happened, happened, like at work or with a family member or news headline Trump or whatever. He's rather theatrical and inflates and exaggerates the event and the impact it has on him. So what do I do? I minimize and dismiss trying to keep the, the, the peace." And of course, that's that's Mary's error. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Of course, that is useless, and he goes off uh, for zero to sixty in in zero to sixty in in seconds and gets miserable. And he can remain miserable for for days on on end. And the interesting thing is, Mary is thinking, "Why is my husband complaining so much?" Mm
1: -hmm. And actually,
2: she's forcing him to, to complain. We'll we'll explain that in a minute. Next time when he starts up about something making him upset, angry, or slighted, I think inside, here we go again, more misery, interior eye roll. Try to be empathic anyway. Try to be empathic, but I'm probably doing a terrible job at it. I'm a fake. And that's delightful to hear your willingness to to look at yourself. I suspect there's a lot of truth in in your self-criticism. I know he's sensitive as a result of past traumas. I'm probably adding to them. Uh, I wonder what would happen if I tried real empathy instead of minimizing what he says. Uh, perhaps that might tone his emotions down, uh, but I'm still a fake. Uh, and then therapists must sometimes go to work feeling like it will be a hard day of summoning up some empathy for a bunch of whiners and blamers who need to take a good hard look at themselves in the mirror and smarten up. Well, Mary, we're going to ask you to look at yourself in the mirror. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you do to recharge your empathy batteries? Sincerely and gratefully, Ma- Mary. Well, that's a fabulous question. And uh, the uh, gorgeous and brilliant Dr. Helen will now uh, give us the, the answer, and then we can role-play a little
1: bit, okay. too. Okay. I'm looking for the gorgeous and brilliant Dr. Helen. I'm not <laughs> sure who that is. <laughs> um, well, I think this is a great, great question, and there are so many different things embedded in here that we could highlight. Um, I really, first of all, relate to, to Mary's... Um, uh, feelings of getting annoyed by someone whining oh, that's and complaining. Personal, right? yes. yes, yeah. I, I, I remember
2: have, from a previous podcast. Right,
1: and um, so I think so. There is a should statement in there that that this person shouldn't complain so much. They should be more pleasant. They should be more reasonable. cheerful, Reasonable, like I am. And so, um, I actually think the very first thing that 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 would be helpful. To do in this case is to to deal with mary 's own feelings before she tries to be empathetic because the five secrets or attempts at empathy isn 't going to be very effective as long as Mary is extremely annoyed and fed up and irritated so I think that it would be um, you know helpful for for one Mary to realize that she's annoyed and maybe see if she could um, if she would like to get closer to her husband to to see if she can get into a headspace where she um, might desire to um, put aside the annoyance on a shelf not not make it go away because I think her feelings are, are very valid too but to, to be able to, to put that aside for a moment to, to see if she can kind of find it within herself if she would actually like to make a stronger connection with her husband.
2: I love what you're saying. We can go into the communication part in a little bit, but you're talking about empathy and agenda mm-hmm. setting, and, and we've seen this error often in sessions where the therapist tries to help someone without empathizing. Yes. And uh, Mary has a lot of anger and resentment and annoyance and she needs a therapist uh, who will listen and support her, yes. support you, Mary, if you're, if you're listening. Uh, at, at, so, so you can kind of vent and, and, and feel heard and find a therapist who will find truth in what you're saying. Uh, th- th- then we'd ask you, Mary, how, how are we doing on empathy or how am I doing?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, am I getting an A, a B, a C? And once you're getting an A, the therapist is getting an A from you, Mary, that then we would, would set the agenda. And what Helen was, was suggesting is uh, that when you have a relationship conflict with someone, there's, there's three choices that you, you can make. We, I call it interpersonal decision-making. You, you, you can decide to leave the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the belief that you have to save every marriage, save every relationship. That's a personal decision that everyone has the right to make? Or would you like to work to improve your marriage with with your husband to handle these conflicts in a radically different way? Or would would you prefer to just stay in the relationship and keep doing the same, which will guarantee that things won't change? Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, uh, the choice that most people make is number three. to to stay in the relationship and continue to act and behave in a way that will guarantee that the problem will be, will be perpetuated. Uh,
1: Well, change is hard work. And the
2: death of the ego sometimes too.
1: Yeah. And and leaving a relationship is a big loss a lot of times, even if there are problems. So status quo is, kind of the path of least resistance yeah
0: absolutely well i if i may add something i, I think that uh, a, a mistake that uh, people often make when uh, they use uh, the five secrets of effective communication is uh, they do it with the intention of getting the other person off their back yeah yeah not with the intention of getting closer to them right and, and that's not going to work
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it has to come from the heart, and it has to be done skillfully. Now, dealing with someone who whines and complains is actually probably the easiest communication problem to, to solve, and, and it involves use of stroking, disarming, and, and feeling, feeling empathy. But in addition, we have this other awesome technique called forced empathy that Helen wisely suggested could be useful to, to Mary as well, in fact, we have dozens of techniques that could be helpful to Mary, and we don't have time to go into all of them on this on this podcast. But talk, you want to talk a little bit about forced empathy?
1: Yes. So forced empathy is a role play role playing technique where the therapist would be um, interviewing the patient. But the the let's say just to give an example here that in this role play, if David and I were doing it with Mary. Mary would be the voice of her husband. She would be speaking her husband's truth and she would agree to tell the whole truth and the complete truth from, um, as her husband sees it and it would be, um, in other words, we
2: would force ask Mary if she'd be willing to let us force her to become her husband's conscious and subconscious mind.
1: Exactly. And then we would be asking questions um, like...
2: And we'd be like a friend of, of the husband.
1: Yes. Um, and we're what we'd be doing is trying to uh, get at the husband's feelings. And Mary would have to be Um, putting herself in her husband's shoes. And so we might ask Mary to answer questions like, um, you know, how does it feel when, you know, you complain to Mary and she um, tries to shut you up or, you know. and
2: Perfect. And then what might he say?
1: He would say, you know. In Mary, fact,
2: we can do it. How okay. do you feel? You, you, you'll be Mary here, mm-hmm. and I'm a friend of Mary's, and so Mary has to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, as as best she understands it. So, is it true, Mary, that you often have con- conflicts with, with, with uh,
1: You shouldn't say, "Is it true, no, no, Mary. Mary?" You should say, "Is it true, husband?"
2: You know. Oh, oh yeah, Ralph. Yes. Uh, right. Ralph. Yeah, you're Ralph. And mm-hmm. I'm a friend of Ralph's, thank uh-huh. you. you <laughs> it can, can get it,
1: confusing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is it true, Ralph, that you, you sometimes get into conflicts with Mary when you, when you get upset about something? You try to tell her out how you feel. What, what happens?
1: Well, you know, um, something really frustrating happens to me at work, or I, I read some bad news and I just want to get it off my chest. And, and share it with my wife. And um, rather than listening to me, she just kind of tells me, oh, come on, it's not that bad, and, you know, why, why are you always so negative? So she kind of just put, puts me down and, and tries to shut me up.
2: How does that make you feel when she um, does that? It,
1: it's, it's really um, hurtful. I feel like she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. She doesn't really, you know, care about me.
2: Well... Um, and that might be enough to give a sample for yeah. this. But then we would ask Mary, so if you're uh, reacting to him in a way that makes him feel, feel put down and not listened to, what will he think and feel and, and do next? How will that affect his his tendency to, to complain? And what, what's the answer?
1: He'll complain more. So any any time somebody doesn't feel understood or heard, they need to raise the volume on the complaint. Yeah. Um, so this, the forced empathy technique can be really um, illuminating for people to, to try to put themselves in the other person's shoes and see how, uh, you know, how that person's feeling and try to get a better understanding of what that person really needs.
2: Yeah. And this also brings in, and we'll show the, uh, the more effective way to respond to the husband in a moment, but this also brings in the death of the ego because it will be painful to Mary in all probability to discover that she's forcing her husband to complain and to become histrionic and to up the volume. She's like every person who wrote a question, she's blaming the other person, she's blaming her husband, mm-hmm. and she's not looking at her own role. Mm-hmm. And the whole key to the the team model for interpersonal uh, therapy is, is is to change yourself to look at your own role, rather than trying to change change the other person. And the paradox is, the moment you change, the other person will, will instantly change. But it's painful because when you see your role in the conflict, it's it's shameful. It, it's painful, and, and a lot of patients. Cry at at this moment, and some uh, patients won't tolerate it. they say i don't want to work on this problem because they're they're so narcissistic and blaming of others they they don't want to give up this this idea that they're the victim of the other person's badness is Is that an overly harsh way of saying it, or yes
1: <laughs> good,
2: <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Helen will now say it in a nice way
1: well. Um, I, I would say just that if when we're really angry at someone and fed up with them, it's it's just hard to see it from, from the other person's point of view. We don't want to see it from the other yeah, we person's don't want to. point yeah. of view. We want to
2: think we're right and yeah. they're wrong. We're morally superior. They're inferior.
1: Yeah.
2: That, 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 and that's, that's the whole addiction to, to, to conflict. It's mm-hmm. one of the big problems of the human race, but rather than pontificating, let's go on to, to, to the solution and let's see how, how Mary, let's say she would really like to respond uh, differently uh, and, and to, to share her feelings while at the mm-hmm. same time using the disarming technique, stroking and feeling empathy. You want me to be the husband?
0: How about, how about I be Ralph? Oh yeah, beautiful. And Helen I, will be... Uh, I, I can okay. complain just fine. Okay, great. Oh Mary, I I hate this. We you know we we're not earning enough and we're in like in this super high rent area and it's so congested here and and I'm so stressed at work. I, I I can't stand this anymore. I think we we need to make a change. It's just way too bad.
1: Yeah, Ralph, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm really stressed out about money too and um just looking, looking at our bank statements and what's coming in and what's coming out. Um, I, I'm, I'm stressed too, and, um, and I'm, I'm also worried that we're not earning enough. And I, it sounds like you're feeling really worried and, and, um, and kind of fed up with things. Um, I, I'd like us to be a team and. And even though it's this stressful, I'm I'm glad that we're a team together because uh, it makes you know it's something that that we can uh, can approach together. And although sometimes I get a little tired about worrying about things, I think what you're saying is really important. And let's let's talk about it. I want to know more what you're what you're feeling and tell me more about your stress and. Let's, let's share this problem together.
2: Okay, great. Now, what grade do you give yourself?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I'll say a B.
0: What grade did you give at it, Fabrice? It, it feels like a B also. And, uh, and uh, um, I think you can see that in the, the response that, as Ralph, I would, get, I would give to this. Um, what did you like? What did you dislike? What worked and what didn't work? And how could we improve it? Well, so, um, and I'm putting myself in Ralph's shoes, knowing what the history has probably been, which is um, that, um, Helen, you started by by saying, I'm worried too. And my first reaction was, yeah, right.
1: Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) She's just seeing him as complaining. That might not even be a true statement.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And also, when you said, I'd like us to be a team, it kind of sounded like problem solving. Maybe a little, little premature. You did it beautifully, but it mm-hmm. was, you know,
0: uh, right. Let, 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 let anything else, uh, Fe- Fabrice? Um, well, I mean, uh, I would like us to be a team. Uh, actually, sounded positive. It, uh, it's not necessarily problem solving. It's expressing that, uh, uh, you know, she she wants to be in this together. She does, doesn't intend to be uh, doing this, uh, you know, against uh, one against the other um but um i i think that uh, having started with uh, um, validating how i'm feeling uh, would have uh, shifted the 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 whole content there because so it's like oh my god i'm being listened to what well, well, that's new
2: yes exactly and and then instead of Arguing to but let's make it or say, suggesting let's be a team. I'd say be a, be a team. I, I I might go in the direction more. I thought it was close, by the way, and would be much better. You know, a B would be good enough for most people to. Yeah,
0: re- yeah. yeah. Most people don't get to a B. It's more like a D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you, you know, I, I I might. You want to try a different angle, or you want me to, Febreze? Um. You mean uh, as a as a response? Yeah. Well, you go ahead. I think you have uh, you have an idea there
2: yeah well uh, whatever his name is uh, <laughs> ralph ralph ralph, ralph, on Ra- ralph. ralph yeah. uh, um, you're, you're saying that you're just really hating the situation we're we're in with with you know barely enough money to make ends meet and it's incredibly congested and and you're thinking we need to, to change to move or, or, or change something uh, and And I can imagine how frustrated and overwhelmed and discouraged and maybe a bit a- angry you, you feel too and and I think what you 're saying is a- absolutely right i, I think we 're struggling with money i I feel a lot of the same feelings, and every day it seems like there 's more traffic here here in the bay in, in the bay area uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling a little, little awkward right now because I know sometimes in the past, when when you've told me things that are upsetting to you, I probably haven't done a very good job of listening and supporting you.
1: Mm.
2: And, uh, and and I'm trying trying to do a little bit better now because I I really love you, and I I wonder if you can tell me, you know, how you're feeling right now and how I'm doing and and what it's been like for you in in, in the past when when you've tried to share things that you're upset about
0: Ah, see that that's a great inquiry because um you know you you brought in the the difference in the approach in the passing oh i know i haven't been you know very supportive very Mm -hmm. listening to you in the past and that that was that's a, a great element to add to this yeah
2: now, what what point are we making? Now, Helen, is a, you're a master uh, at uh, communication and therapy, and yet it, it took a couple tries here. The, the first one was decent but not great, and, and then we corrected things. Is there a teaching point here for the listeners?
1: I think there's a few. One is that um, it actually is really helpful to practice. yeah and it's very helpful to to write it down, um, which yeah. is what you would advise in your books and if you're doing therapy with a team therapist, you will be writing down exactly what the other person said and then write down exactly what you said and then write down your revised response and that that exercise of writing it um, is is very helpful and I you know doing the role play like we hadn't done any writing ahead of time and I I kind of felt like a deer in the headlights and it's very hard to come up with something that's both skillful and that sounds genuine and not formulaic and so the practice um is very important
2: yeah and uh, I love everything you're saying and in particular the the death of the ego is Mm -hmm. crucial to, rel- to relating to, to somebody you're in conflict with as well as learning yeah. because you have to give yourself permission to maybe screw up a few times when you're trying to improve your response to the, to the other person before mm-hmm. you come up with something good. And when I first developed the five secrets and I was trying to learn it, I would write down what a patient said or what my wife said and, 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 and what I had said next and then I would try to improve it and I'd write out a five secrets response and I'll put the five secrets in the show notes for those of you who are listening. If you go to www.feelinggood.com to feeling good podcast in the upper left-hand corner and click on that, then you can find the show notes for, for this and all of the other shows. And there's more valuable information, but I used to write on the five secrets response on paper, just like what you said, Helen, I think, Oh, that's awesome. That's what I should have said. That's what I'll say next time. And then I'd look at it the next morning or a few hours later and say, "No, that sucks too."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I'd write another uh, Im- improvement. And often it would take me three, four, five, six uh, written efforts before I'd come up with something I would I would give an A to that I could actually then use in responding to my wife or the challenging patient or,
0: or whatever it was. Uh, there was something else I wanted to say about what, what you, the comment you just made is. Uh, and especially what Helen said, you know, this deer in the headlight uh, feeling. This happens to people. I've, I mean, I've seen this in my clients. We we do we do the work in uh, in the uh, comfort of the therapy room when uh, it's just the two of us in there, and and they do a beautiful job of uh, of writing uh, a five secret response, and they get an A plus. And then they go home, and they they have another interaction with their spouse. And they they flub it completely because they get triggered uh, and they stop thinking and and they get angry and they they can't do it. So so how how do you overcome that? You you can't just say to your spouse, oh uh, <laughs> wait wait wait, wait you, yeah. pause now I need to go do some writing and I'll be back to you in fifteen minutes. And uh, there's a great answer to that,
1: and mm-hmm. Helen
2: will now reveal <laughs> the answer.
1: <laughs> well, I think that. Um, you get lots of chances. Um, if let's say you're you're dealing with a conflict with your significant other or family member, um, so you you don't have to expect that you're going to give an A response, um, and don't because you don't only have just one chance. So what I would say is that you can just try to pick even one technique in your response. And then as the conversation goes, you can think about, okay, I've done some disarming. Let me do some thought empathy or feeling empathy. So you don't need to, when we do these role plays, we try to get everything in the response, all five secrets. But when you're, you're having a, um, back and forth with, with a loved one, you, um, you, you, you're you don't have to get it all in all at once um so you have multiple chances and you can sometimes i think in in these david has recommended that you pick one technique to to practice at a time so you could do that like think that okay this week i'm going to be practicing disarming or so on and right. then one one last thing that you when you do this kind of work, you might notice that there's one, one or two techniques that you habitually don't use very well. Like and feeling, feeling, feeling yeah. empathy. So that, that could be, you know, you tr- can try to, make yourself remember to do the one that that you always forget
2: yeah you can learn about all these techniques in my book feeling good together which you can get on on amazon as a paperback and it has written exercises and explanations those of you who really want to learn the five secrets that would be a great tool but i would say in addition you, you need to have a little conversation with, with yourself also i want to say you have an inner dialogue that's firing you up yeah so you may need to to work with cognitive therapy techniques to change the way the way you're thinking. But I had a, an interpersonal conflict just recently that Fabrice was vividly aware of. Someone uh, wrote to us and said that uh, this REBT Advocate uh, video show was mm-hmm. doing these, you know, the person said kind of ridiculous criticisms of teen therapy, Tommy Bateman and Dr. Michael Edelstein. Mm-hmm. So we had a show on responding to their, their criticisms but the person who wrote in said he was feeling really angry. And underneath, I was feeling really angry, too. And I kind of wanted to put them down and let them know what losers they are and, mm-hmm. and you know how ridiculous their criticisms were. But then I started having a conversation with myself, like, do I want to get into a big battle
1: mm-hmm. here?
2: And if I start attacking them, there's a 100% guarantee they'll start attacking back. And is that is that what I really... Want That's and
1: interpersonal decision-making Interpersonal right
2: there, decision-making, and yeah. I talked about it with a, with a colleague, too, named John, who, who gave me some pretty good tips on my show notes and how to make them sound less irritable. So I decided, hey, I, I'd like to befriend these guys instead and mm-hmm. disarm them, find truth in, in their criticisms. And, and so they, they then, uh, one of my fans wrote to them and so said, why don't you invite David on your show? So they invited me on their show, and I decided I'm, I'm, I'm really going to make friends with, with these guys. And it was just awesome. We, it was like a, a love fest. I, oh. thing. I disarmed them, I stroke them. And I, I saw, although they're fiery and their methods are quite different, we have a lot in common. We all love Albert Ellis, and, mm-hmm. and it was just terrific. And then they said, Would you do a second show with, with, with us? So then I did a second show the next week. And then they said, well, you do a third show with us. And so this week I did the third and final show with them. But but I I just, I think they're really great. And I, I just had so much fun and they're really, really neat need people.
1: And that but, came from you deciding yeah. that you didn't want to do battle with them and that yeah. you wanted to befriend them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the most important part of interpersonal work is yeah. that decision. Yeah. Where do you want this relationship to go? Yeah. And then what you say, even if it's not perfect, if it's coming from the, the heart. spot that I want this relationship to be better. It yeah. Will,
2: the other person will yeah. tune into that. You don't yeah. have to be perfect, but you, but you need to, to to be genuine and, and, and have, have some genuine caring, and that doesn't mean you're not allowed to be angry.
1: No. Uh, and I thought of one more thing to say when you're in that deer in the headlo- headlights kind of feeling. You can actually say that. Yeah. That I, you know, I actually feel like a deer. Yeah right now
0: that's the I feel technique actually yeah
1: yeah and that what you're saying is really important and I know that other times when we've had these discussions we just end up in a big fight and you know I don't want that to happen right now I'm not sure exactly what to say but can can we work through this together
2: perfectly so you can turn your anxiety into a plus again by by being genuine using an I feel statement Uh, couldn't agree more well thank you so much uh and uh Maybe we should uh, terminate this this podcast and have yeah. a uh, Ask Helen part part two because we have a lot yeah. of awesome. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Let, let's do that. Uh, let's do a part two because uh, um, this uh, is running a little bit long. Um, and oh, one thing I wanted to mention would be uh, it might be good to, to put a link to the RABT advocate in your show notes so that people can get a first hand experience of how you used your five secrets to respond to um, Tommy Bateman and uh, Dr. Michael Edelstein. Oh,
2: yeah, I'll do that. Yep,
0: great, brilliant idea. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll do a part two uh, in the next episode. Thank
1: you.
2: Thank you, Fabrice, and thank you, uh, wonderful Dr.
0: Hella. This has been another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast. For more information, visit Dr. Burns's website at feelinggood.com where you will find the show notes for this podcast under the blog page and where you can leave your comments and questions. The website has an abundance of resources for therapists as well as non-therapists, including books, workshops, a list of online training groups around the world, and much more. Theme music is Gypsy Jazz in Paris, 1935, composed and performed by Brett Van Donzel. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, And I invite you to join us next time for another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast.